Welcome to We Are Human. I'm your host, Elijah. And in this podcast, I sit down with different individuals to discuss a range of topics, from their upbringing and creative pursuits to their journey on self-improvement. I believe that there is power in community and learning about people. So I hope these stories are an encouragement to you. Galvin Baez. Hey. <laughs> okay, how we met and how we became friends are two completely different stories. <laughs> then we met in seventh grade and we sat at the same lunch table despite completely like not liking each other. Yeah. It made absolutely no sense. During high school, I mean, we, we got a little bit closer based upon the music we were listening to, I suppose. Based on the music we were listening to, and also we had a couple of well, classes hope. together. It was hope. We had hope, and then we had um, math with Ms. Shaughnessy. The second that we realized we had things in common, we're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and the second that I was like, oh, like, I wanna, I like how he dresses, I'm just gonna like take notes from him. And I was just like, just skinny jeans and, and vans and I really I think I anchor like, blue rest I in peace I really went anchor up to one day and was like where do you like get these jeans and you were like anchor blue and then like anchor blue had just gone bankrupt and I was like okay well then I guess I'm just gonna be <laughs> now we the rest of high school we had like little bonfires from here and there oh, then yeah. then the house shows started yo we were some cool kids any concert any tour that that came through Orlando we were Warped at Firestorm we went to Warp Tour twice. You were the one that put me on because you've been before me. I was like, we need to go. We need to get our schedules. We need to bring Sharpies. We need to bring McChickens. Like, I was like, I, I thought really... you were being too extra. And then I was like, okay, this is a lot. Like, it's I get it. It's a lot. And like, we're like 15. Like, our bodies like barely know how to survive a day. Mm -hmm. And like, we're like, okay, we're going to go to like this field in the middle of nowhere. And we're going to go to like 100 degree weather. And like, you know, you're going to run around. I remember like there were days where like, We'd get there, I'd start watching bands like as early as like 11 a.m. Like there was a band I wanted to see like as soon as I walked in the door. And That's I just like exert so much energy and like I'd have to go sit down for a while because it was just so hot. But it was the best, oh my God, it was like the best day of the summer. The first year was was dope because Sum 41 played and I kind of ventured oh, yeah. off on my own. Cause yeah, yeah. you were, you, I mean, it's totally understandable, but you were like, look, uh, I know my way around here. Like I'm gonna see, <laughs> I'm gonna see who I want to see. Like sorry goodbye like you disappeared and you went to the front of the stage i think it was main stage i don't remember and i really don't remember who you oh, were trying I to, see. to see the cab yeah 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 and i, I was like the cab and i was just gonna like, be here i was like this is the schedule these are where the stages are goodbye good luck like, we'll and meet up for dinner later i mean i got their autographs i got to meet them for a second which was really like life-changing for me yeah and then i was just, really happy for you because you were like always been like the biggest sum 41 fan since like even like back when like I didn't really know you, like the one thing I did know about you was like you were like a big Sum 41 fan. Which that was is like random. It was like really like a part of your brand, like mm -hmm. very early on. Then the second year, you know, we had a bigger group. Um, you know, Mice and Men was popping at that time, and Bring Me the Horizon Ooh. was there. Like all these bands, like, it was crazy. Oh we saw Amorosa the we first did, year in like a really tiny stage. Yeah, it was really fun. Elaborate or talk about your experience um, coming out. What and who helped you get through that season of your life? Because it's not easy for anybody. The thing is like, especially like growing up Latino, like this is just like completely not normal. You, you're expected to like follow this set of rules. You're expected to, you know, be masculine and like have girlfriends and like bring them home and blah, blah, blah. blah. And like, I'm just like, wait, like why, why, why don't I want like what's been written for me? Like, why do I want something else? Um, and then slowly but surely, like I started telling more and more of my friends. 
Um, and everybody was either really cool or they were like, yeah, we already knew, which don't do that. Um, I'm, I'm not mad about it now because I understand like we were really young, uh, but like don't do that to your friends because like if they don't know, you don't know. Um, but yeah, you were not very nice about it because, but it's not Elijah's fault, everyone. Don't gang up on him. Don't send him hate comments because I used to play a lot of pranks on you in high school. Obviously now, like looking back, I realize, you know, how unsupportive that was. And, and you know, you're also so young too. Like I think when you're young, you kind of just have a hard time processing anything. And at that point, I, you know, we were, best friends at that point essentially and we told each other everything so when you were bringing this information to me i was like what no you're just you're, you're pranking me or you're just messing with me like you know and i didn't you know go about it the way that i wish i could have yeah or should have yeah but you know you can't think about life that way because then you're gonna just carry this like cloud of guilt yeah um and i'm i'm just grateful that you know after a little bit of time had passed um I don't remember if it was months or maybe it was a little bit longer. You know, I'm glad that we were able to kind of reestablish our friendship to link up and have like good conversations and be supportive of one another and, and be there for one another too. Definitely. I didn't control myself. I mean, obviously, like I'm going through like a million things of emotions. I'm yeah. asking myself a million questions. I'm like expecting myself to have answers for all of them. And I'm expected to have answers for everybody else who's asking me a bunch of questions. It's like, I don't know, I just, I just figured this out, you know? And like, I'm only like 15. Um, but yeah, I was just really, I was really sensitive towards your opinions about everything. Just because, I don't know. I just like, I really idolized you. Like I really, I did. Like I just, you know, I thought you were like, really like the coolest cat in the neighborhood. <laughs> Um, and I was like, we're gonna be it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talked about it. It's over. It's so over now. You know what I mean? I've told you a decade a, ago. I told you a million other things that like you've like been even cooler about. So it's all good. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, man. Talk about you know your parties, what you're trying to do with it, and, and how you were trying to help that community. So I do a party called the Ass. Um, and it was born out of a out of my love for like music and dancing and pop and like a desire to create a place where people could really like find their personal freedom. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel especially like as a as a young queer person, like you like I said earlier, like you you're given these structures of like this is how you're going to operate in the world. This is like how you're gonna go about things, this is how you have to dress, how you have to act, how you have to be, how you have to talk, blah 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 blah. Um, and my party is kind of like a middle finger to all of that. It's kind of just saying like none of those structures that like the world created exist here. You can come in here like with a face full of makeup, you can come in here like in a dress, you can come in here like you know what I mean? Like you can come in here like as you truly and freely are. Because the truth is like we don't have a lot of spaces where we can just do that. You know, we gotta go to work, we gotta be professional we gotta go out in public and you gotta blend in to like not be presentable yeah or yeah or like not bring attention to yourself that's to like not put a target on your back like mm. you know what i mean like sometimes like i'll have like on like a a club outfit and like i'm scared to just go in a gas station just because i'm like oh god like who's in here like is someone gonna you know say something is someone gonna verbally assault me is someone gonna you know feel threatened by my presence and attack me um so like I just want a place where like none like you don't have to w live in fear of any of that. If the space that I want to be in and the party that I want to go to and the music that I wanted to listen to like if none of those things existed, I was like screw it then I'm just gonna make it. It's an expression of like personal freedom and like true liberation. What what would you say is like your your favorite event? The very first like Ariana Grande themed party. Ariana Grande did a show at the Amway 
um, and we did the official after party. Um, so the show ended up getting postponed, but we're like, nah, we plan to do a whole party. Like, you know, we have like photo ops designed, we have like set design, we have everything. I have my outfit picked out. I bought a bunny mask, so I'm gonna wear it. Um, and <laughs> uh, so we were like, hey, you know, show is canceled, the party's still going on, like, come on, let's, let's celebrate, let's, you know, and like the thing was like a full Ariana Grande concept. Like we did four hours of Ariana Grande music. We had her videos like playing on a projector. We had photo, like different photo ops. Um, it was really cool. So just like seeing something that like, I was like, oh wow, like I can create an entire like conceptual experience, like from every single, like even like the shot menu was like designed with like Ariana, like we had like the high ponytail or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just like seeing a uh, like fully fleshed out concept executed, just like allowed me A, to see like what I'm capable of creating. Of course. And two, it was just like cool to see like, okay, like I saw this in my head and like, here's the physicality of it. And it looks really like, it just like, it looks amazing. And everyone had an amazing time. Um, and then the second party I did was also an after party for this um, trans artist, her name is Kim Petras. Um, she did a show at the Plaza, amazing show. Um, and then we, I was out there like people were like, hey, we're having an after party, present your ticket, and, like you get in for free. So a bunch of people came out um, and I just like, the room was just, the energy was insane. You know what I mean? Like I had, like I was DJing and like I had the energy like this, like I was holding on to it and like they were giving it to me and I was giving it right back. And it was just like such a like great symbiotic relationship between like me and the crowd. And like I had just like never felt a rush like that. And I was just like, I looked in the mirror that night and I was like, you are a superstar. So it was, it was a really awesome, surreal thing to feel. So I would say those are my best memories for sure. The last time that we caught up, you know, you were telling me about you going through a really, really like huge wake up call. Yeah. Um, and you were at, if not the lowest point of your life, a very low one. I would say the lowest point of my life. Tell me about that and like how you were able to, to, to manage to get out of that. I was at a point in my life where I was, um, I was just like not motivated to do anything. Um, I just put myself in a place that I didn't believe that I was like good enough. I didn't believe that I had a future. Um, so I just like engaged in a lot of like toxic, like I told you, I think I, everything that I did was toxic. Like I didn't show up to work. I didn't submit assignments and like I failed a bunch of classes. I uh, was drinking excessively. I was um, not making any money and whatever little money I did make, I was like spending it on alcohol or I was spending it on like, you know, eating like trash food or I was maxing out my credit card. Um, and so it just got to a point where like I was making so many decisions that made me feel bad about myself. And like I knew that these weren't, I knew that these were harmful. And I knew that the fact that I knew that these were harmful and I was doing it anyway was making me feel worse about myself. But it just got to a point that was really uncontrollable. I, for the first time I looked in the mirror and I said, what's going on? I obviously didn't really want a lot of help because I was like, I couldn't accept help from other people because I wasn't trying to help myself. Right. Um, so it got to a point where like, I was like, okay, like I, I need to figure out what's going on and like why I feel so low about myself. And then I like told myself I love myself for the first time and like allowed myself to just like cry and like wallow in it and like be like, wow, like I have to, I have to want this for myself if I want anything to get better. It's not like this magical, like, oh no, like my party's gonna take off and everything's gonna be okay. Or, oh, I'm gonna move out of my parents' house and everything's gonna be okay. Because no, like I'm just gonna carry those burdens with me wherever I go, you know? Like things started getting better when I was willing to be honest with myself and I wasn't trying to hide so much and I wasn't trying to put so many masks on. Cause the truth is like, while I was doing all of these things, like nobody knew that like I was like suffering so much and that I was like, you didn't know that I was like, you know, wasting all of my money going on drug benders 
and like isolating myself and just like going going crazy honestly being willing to be honest with myself and as a result being honest with others and like being willing to ask for help and like you know learn new things about how you operate and apply them you are in complete control of how you want like to improve your life yeah and the truth is you've created a comfort zone mm -hmm. being addicted and being miserable and being you know feeling like nothing's gonna get better like that becomes your new comfort zone so in order for you to want to change your mindset that means you having to leave your comfort zone which like as a human being like leaving your comfort zone and having to embrace it's, uncertainty it's always difficult yeah it's like the most terrifying thing to do like you know even like to this day like i'm i'm really bad with like uncertainty and like not knowing like exactly what the outcome is going to be and like no being prepared to give the exact right answer that I need to give like it's something that really frightens me but like the truth is you have to embrace uncertainty and leave your comfort zone to grow otherwise like you're just going to stay in that same place and you're just gonna you're gonna stay miserable yeah yeah I think we underestimate ourselves like subconsciously we totally do um and I mean other people too sometimes like you know and that's the worst thing that you can do to somebody and to yourself um because we all have the power to overcome absolutely anything as traumatizing or as difficult as it may be like you know there are a group of people um there there are family members you know that are that make it evident that they are there for you mm -hmm. and sometimes we dismiss that and i mean like we forget like i mean for me like my mom is is, is always there you know and sometimes like because that person is always there or certain friends are always there like you may even forget like these people have my back or like yeah. are there for me to like, get me through anything or help mm -hmm. me to get through anything or like how could like thinking like oh they don't understand like how could they possibly like or that yeah have any like idea into like what like is going to help me and you like you don't trust that they can help you and mm -hmm. like the truth is like for a long time they have helped you and like why would now be any different yeah anything can make somebody snap and just like feel empty and broken yeah and you know seeking help whether it's through people or like uh therapy you know it i think it could and should be normalized more because i think we we all can have like a, a sit down session with anybody and just vent talk understand concepts and ways to to better ourselves and to get through those things um especially from an outside perspective of somebody you don't even know. Yeah. Um, I think that, that that helps. Next time that happens, remember that you're great, you're strong, you're good enough. Um, and also remember that like the stories you're creating in your head are not real, they're all hypothetical. Yeah. Um, so just like don't even entertain it, don't even give it your time of day. What is real is that you need to get this done and that you know how to get this done and that you need to focus. Ending things that like have traumatized us. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like things that like my parents parents did that traumatized them that then they did to me that traumatized me it's like putting an end to those things and like you know removing this from your family like removing this like curse that like everybody in your family has been cursed with from your family line like think about it like you're literally like shifting the trajectory of your entire family like their way of thinking mm -hmm. because like you're you know you're removing those things that were a burden and a roadblock to you from them yeah and like almost everybody in my mom's side of family and dad's side of family divorced like almost pretty much everybody mm -hmm. they wanted to make sure that that wasn't the case mm -hmm. and i think that that has made a huge impact on on our family and my relationship with my brothers and you know it's not it's not always perfect but you know we definitely shifted the course and it's definitely possible yeah i mean my parents um 
both of them immigrated here from the Dominican Republic. And like through doing that, they said, hey, bias family, at this point, like you don't have to stay in this little town. Like if you want to achieve this and you want to go that, like, you know, take a further risk, than take you a thought, chance on like, yourself. Yeah, you can do that. And like, that's something that like now I get to carry. Mm-hmm. And you know, like that's something that like now all of like my dinner, like my family for generations is going to be able to carry. Um, but it's also like, for example, like my parents don't have like the healthiest communication methods. Um, but it, and it's looking at that and acknowledging like, I don't want this to continue. Yeah. So I'm going to take that um, and I'm going to make sure that this is something that we don't apply to the future generations. It's really cool. It's like literally, like we're literally like making an impact without even realizing it just by like denying to like, by not allowing harmful behaviors to continue existing. Mm-hmm. Elijah, I want to thank you for inviting me out here to talk about, you know, the things that I do and the person I am and like having a great look back at like our relationship and like how far we've come from like hating each other in middle school to sitting here, you know, being open about and exchanging ideas on how the world works. Thank you so much for tuning in. And for a more immersive experience, be sure to follow us on Instagram at wearehuman.tv. We'll catch you next time. And remember, we're always learning.